take you Amos, Amos, we're in chapter, finishing up chapter 6, last week we actually didn't get the uh, last uh, couple uh, verses there, God is pronouncing judgment upon them because he foreknows, though he has been offering them uh, an escape through repentance, he would deliver them, but he foreknows that uh, they are not going to listen, so he pronounces the judgment uh, to come there throughout uh, chapter 6 and some of the pre- portions of the previous uh, chapters. And, uh, and so he ends uh, verse uh, chapter 5 with uh, verse 27 there. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word tonight. And and, uh, and Lord, truly, we are thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, how can, what, what can be said about your love when we consider uh, your plan? How, how you thought of that and your love and care. It just it leaves us speechless, God, to try to just meditate upon that and think about it. We thank you. Lord, we praise your name. And Father, I thank you for each one here tonight, each one here with us online. Thank you for leasing the nursery tonight. And Father, I pray for the filling of your spirit to help me to minister to your people. And, and, uh, and God, that you would just uh, help us by your word and by your spirit uh, for the glory of Christ and, and uh, to be the lights that you want us to be uh, while we look for your sudden return. And God, uh, we just look to you to, 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 to have you in our lives, to let you lead, dear God, as we've, as, as we've sung there. Father, we pray and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So we've seen that uh, those in the northern kingdom of Israel have, uh, have been living ungodly, covetous lives. Their business practices are pretty much trampling even the poor uh, to get whatever they can out of them. Uh, there's no honesty in the business dealings at the gate uh, in the city. Uh, in Samaria and such, and uh, uh, they uh, continue to practice a form of worship. Uh, They are having feasts and sacrifices, uh, but they're feasts made up in their own imaginations. They don't really even match those that that they're having in Judah and such. And uh, so they go to the feasts, and they give the sacrifices, and they they actually think that God will accept them because of that, and and yet that they can go on and live their, their, their covetous lives. And and uh, literally, for centuries, God's calling them uh, to, you know, to be right. And how merciful is God? I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, I've said it time and again. People that say, well, that, that Old Testament God, there's no mercy there. They haven't read the Old Testament closely, okay? Uh, there's, a whole, there, there's a whole lot of mercy there. And, uh, and he's been calling and calling and calling. Uh, they continue to rob and steal even the poor. Uh, and, uh, and think that God's going to, to, to accept them. He's going to bring judgment. He's going to bring chastening upon, uh, upon his, uh, his people. And uh, uh, he had assured them uh, that repentance was their only hope back there in, in verse 24 of chapter 5. Let judgment run down as waters, righteousness as a mighty stream. I want, the, I want your fairness, your equity, your judgment and business dealings to be like a mighty stream, one that doesn't disappear in the heat, uh, when the, in the summertime, one that flows all the time. You're just, you're honest with the rich and with the poor, and you have that honest that honest kind of kind of dealings there. But he, since he foreknows their 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 sin and their lack of repentance, 
he says in verse 27, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, uh, whose name is the God of hosts, uh, the God of hosts. So we hadn't spoken about uh, that uh, last week. Uh, the God of hosts, two words there, Elohim and Sabah. And uh, it has the idea of he is the, uh, of course, uh, Elohim is the, uh, uh, what, what we might say, the, uh, the uh, magnified uh, singular, I would say. It's a plural form, Elohim. But we're obviously talking about the, the plural yet one God. Amen. And, uh, and he's the Lord of hosts or the Lord of armies. <laughs> and uh, so uh, what is he even saying? An army is going to come and get you. And, uh, and so it's fitting uh, in, in what, he, what he is saying here. He, by the way, he is, the, he is the Lord of the armies of heaven. Amen. Uh, he sends down hail and, and all those things uh, when, the, when the time comes. And he, uh, he's in control of, uh, uh, of all those things. He's the, the Lord of the army of the angels. You know, that one angel that came down uh, and, uh, and actually uh, it, it hasn't happened yet chronologically in Amos' time. But the angel comes down and, 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 and slays 180,000 of the, of the Assyrian troops outside of uh, Judah. And uh, so God calls his hosts down. And by the way, he controls his hosts uh, in heaven. He controls the hosts of armies on the earth. And, uh, and he is in control uh, of all of that. Proverbs 21.1, the, uh, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And so uh, God's in ultimate control. Uh, nothing happens except he causes it or allows it. Uh, Satan can't even do anything. Uh, demons can't do anything unless God causes it or allows it, okay? And, uh, and so that's just uh, that's his, his sovereignty. Uh, he, he, is, he is in control. When, uh, when David uh, prayed in Psalm 17, Arise, O Lord, he's talking about his enemies. Disappoint him, cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. The wicked is thy sword. Uh, the Lord has control even of the wicked armies, okay? And he uses them for his purposes in what he's working out upon this earth. David goes on to write in Psalm 17, 14, From men which are thy hand, O Lord. What did God call Nebuchadnezzar? My servant. Remember that? And, uh, we, and we don't believe that Nebuchadnezzar was, was saved. He just added the God of Israel to his God list, okay? That didn't, that, that, that didn't make him saved, all right? And uh, so God was using him uh, uh, to conquer nations that God deemed need, needed to be conquered at that time for God's purposes and what he's working out. Uh, and we see that he, has the, he, has the, he is the Lord of hosts, he has the final say in the deployment of all armies, uh, whether in heaven or, or upon earth. He has the final say in the deployment of all those, of all those armies. Later on, uh, when uh, the king of Assyria, uh, having uh, ravaged uh, the northern kingdom of Israel, would want to come into the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, uh, Hezekiah uh, so, you know, sought him there. And, and, and with, with Isaiah and uh, praying about that. God's answer to them was, Thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. Uh, he's going back. 
and uh, he had control of even the Assyrian army, which, by the way, are the ones who would come and carry away the of the northern kingdom of Israel. So he is the Lord of hosts, and he is going to work out uh, his, uh, his, his biddings. He's the, Lord, he's the Lord of armies. He's in control of that. Whenever I think about it, I have to think of the scene in the garden. <laughs> you know, when they, they came with the troops and, and, and after Jesus, uh, Judas had betrayed him. And uh, having received a band of men, John 18, 3, and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, uh, he cometh, uh, with, uh, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, uh, I am he, or I am. And he says, and Judas also which betrayed him stood with, with, with him. As soon then as he had said this unto them, unto them I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Uh, so here is this troop, uh, Jesus, I, I am, I am he. And uh, what happens? They drop down. Could you imagine what, what, what they must have thought then? And uh, uh, they get back up, you know, uh, is it okay if we take you? <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do? He, he, just, he just leveled you on the ground with his words. You know, but what, he, somehow, he somehow let them know that it would it, it'd be safe to take him now. And uh, he surrendered himself to them. He's the Lord of armies. And at his word, uh, you know, they, they can drop dead or, or, or a few can, you can, can conquer a thousand at his word. He's in control of that, in control of all of those things. And uh, we continue on in chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, Woe to them that are ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Uh, and some, uh, when, when he talks about those being named chief among the nations, uh, some believe he's talking about the two nations that Israel had split up into when they came into Palestine. Uh, they were uh, that one nation, and then after uh, after uh, after Solomon, what they split, and they became the uh, the uh, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So some believe the two nations there is talking about the one nation of Israel, uh, they, and their chief, by the way, uh, their chief because they're God's chosen people, they're God's chosen nation. We read that back in Amos chapter three, verse two. God says, uh, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Uh, therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Uh, now, God knows everything. He's not saying, well, I don't know any other. He's not saying knowledge-wise. He knows everything. He's saying no in a relationship way. He, he chose to bring the scriptures and Messiah through the nation of Israel. He chose to use the nation of Israel as, as an instrument uh, to bring those things to the world. And so they had some special blessings and such, earthly blessings, uh, be, be because of that. And, and the spiritual blessing that the Messiah would come, would come uh, through them. So some uh, would believe that he says, uh, uh, that, that he says uh, woe to them that are at ease in Zion, of course that's Jerusalem, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which, uh, uh, which are named chief among the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Israel came here, split up in two. Now they've got Jerusalem, capital of one, you know, uh, Samaria, uh, the capital of, uh, uh, of, of the other. Uh, some would apply the witch to the rulers that he's talking about here. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and of course, in, and in Samaria. Uh, and he goes on to say what? Uh, which are named chief, uh, to, to whom the house of Israel came. 
Some believe it applies to the rulers. They would come to their rulers for judgments and, and those things like that. The, the whole uh, the house would come there. And so God is pronouncing judgment upon them. Uh, some, some would uh, look at it in that way. Uh, they've been too long at ease. They're resting in their carnality. Uh, they, they trust in their fortified city, in their store of wealth, Zion and Jerusalem, uh, both. Uh, they were strong, fortified cities, long strengthened and, and defended. Uh, Zion was long strengthened and defended by God. And, uh, and yet, uh, so even Judah's judgment is not too far off in Amos's mind, though he's focusing mainly on the northern kingdom. He recognizes that Judah's not where they should be either, and God's going to deal with that in some way. So he pulls them back in there, mentioning Zion, that God is also going to work there. Uh, of course, uh, Judas, uh, uh, Jerusalem had become a great fortified city, and uh, by this time, so had Samaria uh, under uh, Jeroboam II. Samaria sat on top of a hill, and, and they had ingeniously brought water into the city from a spring that was upon another hill at a higher elevation, so they dug a tunnel, and, uh, and of course, the, the, the natural leveling of water, uh, it, would, it, would, it would drain from that hill and fill up the, uh, the, the water well that they had dug in Samaria. And so it would level out, and they, so they had water coming into the city uh, in, uh, in Samaria there as well, water seeking its own level, had a good fresh uh, uh, source of fresh water uh, in the city. They also had strong walls they had built. They had great towers uh, uh, they built on the, on the hill, and they felt that they were impregnable as far as uh, the enemies were concerned. So they were trusting in their military strength, in their strategic location, rather than uh, really trusting in the Lord. So the prophet says, uh, says uh, uh, you know, go to, he says, look at, the, he'll tell them to look at some of these other cities here soon uh, and, uh, and, and, and learn some things from them. Uh, so, so at this time, Samaria has become pretty much exalted like Jerusalem as far as those in the, nor in the northern kingdom are concerned. It's even a place of, of, of religious or spiritual worship for them. Remember Ahab and Jezebel brought, what, Baal worship in, 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 into there, and so many things ha had, uh, had uh, come out of there. The prominence of Samaria we see in Judas, in, uh, in, in, in John, when Jesus uh, ha went through Samaria on purpose to speak to who? The woman at the well, remember that? And he began to talk to her about spiritual things, and she said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. It had come to the place where they, they lifted that up as much as, as much as Jerusalem, as far as Northern Kingdom was concerned. And uh, so God's going to bring uh, some judgment uh, um, uh, upon them. And uh, in verse 2, he says, Pass ye unto Calna and see, and from thence go ye to Hamath the great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Be they better than these kingdoms, uh, or their border uh, greater, than, greater than your border? And... Uh, 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 are they, Kalna, Hamath, and, Gath, and Gath, better than these, Judah and Samaria, or J Jerusalem and Samaria? Uh, and uh, now, uh, there are some little, little bit difference uh, in commentators on history on this, especially on Kalna. Some think, some think that Kalna uh, was not conquered uh, at this time uh, by, by the Assyrians. Yet Kalna, by the way, was a city uh, near Nineveh. Remember when we studied Jonah, we found out there were, several, there were a couple large cities in the nearby, 
in the nearby area that would have made the metropolis big enough to, for, to Jonah to take the three days to pass through. Remember that? Kalna was one of those cities. And, uh, and, many, and, and many say that they had, not, they had not yet been conquered by Assyria, uh, but, uh, but Hamath had been conquered by Israel, the northern kingdom, and Gath had been conquered by the southern kingdom, Judah, at this time. So uh, some people just say when he says, uh, consider these kingdoms, uh, he says they're, some say they're, they're, they're profiting cities. And, uh, and, and, you're, and you in Samaria, you are a blessed city. By the way, they, even though God's judging them, even though they're in the wrong, remember we learned that God blessed Israel during Jeroboam's reign, Jeroboam II, which is when Amos is prophesying, and he, and he expanded their borders so that they conquered Hamath, which was north of them in Syria. They were experiencing material blessing at the time. Uh, they deserved judgment, and Amos is telling them it's, it's coming. So some say, what, uh, they say, well, what he's saying is, is that, uh, that uh, since you are as profitable as all these other cities that, that are prospering in a sense, why would you be worshiping their gods? Uh, why, why are you bowing, bowing down to those kind of things? Some would look at it from that view. Uh, some do believe that Kalna was conquered by Assyria at that time. And so they would say, look at what he's saying is, these cities uh, were, were like you. They were great like you, but look at them now. Uh, we know that, uh, that uh, at that time that Gath was conquered by Judah and that Hamath was taken over by, by Israel. And so now they're a subservient. Uh, to other nations, and so God, so if Kalna was conquered at that time too, that would be all three of them, and God would say, look, they were great cities, they're now tributaries of someone who has conquered them. You don't think that can happen to you when I'm telling you about all this judgment that, 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 you know, that, that, that's going to come and telling you to repent? And certainly, certainly uh, uh, they could. And so he warns them uh, in, in that sense. Uh, <clears throat> He says in verse 3 there, he says, Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. This is something that we see as a response from the nations, especially as, as, they would, as uh, the prophets would witness to them. And we see it verified, this kind of, this kind of attitude. You might uh, uh, note that uh, when Hezekiah would be... Uh, would be uh, attacked by Syria. Of course, this would be in, 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 the, in the future from here. Uh, uh, what, did, uh, what, what did Isaiah tell him? He says, uh, Isaiah 20, 16, Hear the word of the Lord. The day is come that all that is in thine house. Hezekiah had just had some visitors from Babylon, by the way, which he had been corresponding with, according to Ezekiel and some of the prophets. He'd been corresponding with them. And, uh, and they'd come uh, at, at, at an invite. And, uh, and so he's just shown him all the riches of his palace uh, and, and such. And so Isaiah uh, says, what, what did they see, Hezekiah? He says, oh, I've showed him everything. And so Isaiah says, behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried away into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Uh, and of thy sons shall, that, that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, this is heartbreaking, good is the word of the Lord which he has spoken, he said. He said, is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? Oh, so my sons are going to be captive? 
uh, and uh, uh, in, in, in the palace of the, of, the, of the king of Babylon not be able to have children and families and such. Well, that's okay as long as it's good in my day. What, what, what a spirit, huh? Why? Putting off the judgment. Oh, the judgment's not coming yet? Ah, well, I'm okay. And that's the way many would try to say when Amos and such prophesied with him. Oh, he, the prophet, he's speaking of a long ways off. Uh, that, that's when we're okay right now. And so God's dealing, dealing with them. Ye that put far away the evil day, but listen, and cause the seat of violence to come near. Since you keep doing that, guess what God says? It's not far away. Uh, I'm going to bring it now. Uh, the seat of violence is going to be near. This is coming. Uh, you're going you're gonna to see this. And so he tells them that. Uh, uh, Ezekiel talked about that proverb they had in, in Israel, saying, the days are prolonged and every vision faileth. Uh, that's, what they, that's what they would say. It's all, all those, because obviously the prophets together were prophesying a unified message. The Bible is a unified message. They were talking about the judgments coming. And so they would say, oh, it's a long ways off. Well, it comes, doesn't it? It comes in God's time, and it's going to come uh, quickly for Israel uh, soon from the time that he, 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 is, he is speaking here. Talks about these that are, that, that, that are at ease, that put far away the evil day. Verse 4, that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall. Here again we see a picture of their uh, uh, luxuriant living. Uh, and they're raising up the calves in the stall. They, the idea there is you put the calf in the stall, he gets no exercise, doesn't get to walk around, so he, does, so he doesn't build the muscles, doesn't make the meat tough, and then whenever you want, you, you kill that calf and the meat's nice and tender. And so they were, they, they, they were doing that and uh, taking the lambs out of the flock, nice and tender, and uh, uh, doing that. Laying upon beds of ivory, and some have noted that possibly could be beds in lined with ivory. They're laying on some kind of a soft bed with, with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, trinkets of, ir of ivory and stuff uh, uh, put, put into those. And a lot of ivory uh, found in, in excavations and such, uh, and evidence of uh, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that luxuriant type living in Samaria. And so uh, God continues uh, with that, beds inlaid with, with ivory and such, luxuriant living, not caring about the poor. Uh, and what else do they do? They have their singing. They chant to the sound of the vowel, verse 5, and, and invent to themselves instruments of music like David. So they suppose that they are comparable to David in their music and their ungodly worship and their celebrations. <laughs> well, David was, you know, they're having their music, they're fun, they're robbing, they're stealing, they're, you know, uh, doing all that. Well, our, well, David, he, he was a musician. Look, we just love music. Yeah, well, their music wasn't like David's music, I'm sure. And, and they were using it, what, to worship their false gods, Amen. And so they were trying, you know, trying to compare themselves to David. Uh, it, it's not, not going to work uh, in, in God's eyes for that, for sure. He goes on in verse, in verse uh, 6 there. They drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with chief ointments, but they are not greed for the affliction of Joseph. Uh, they drink wine in bowls. Uh, the idea being uh, they would make the wine many times. They, they would mix the wine. And, uh, and in, in, in drinking it bowls is they, they drink it out of the bowl that it's mixed in. 
uh, because that, that little cup's not enough, you know. We want, we, we want a good taste of that stuff, you know. And, uh, and so they would drink the wine out of bowls rather than just, rather than just the, uh, the bowls the wine is mixed in, rather than the cups that is poured in afterwards and drinking the, uh, the wine uh, in, uh, in that way. They'd anoint themselves with the chief ointments. Uh, I didn't happen to look up uh, what kind of ointments might, might have been present there at that time, but we know that you know, when Mary, uh, Lazarus' uh, sister, uh, anointed the feet of Jesus with that ointment, uh, uh, that, was, uh, that was worth 300 pence, which, is, which, it, which was a year's wages. Okay, so, so uh, they, they, these anoint themselves with chief oil. Who knows how much they were paying for that at the expense of others. And, you know, and, 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 and robbing them there uh, as well. Remember Judas, when he saw uh, Mary use that ointment, he's, he says, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Uh, John 12, 5. This he said, he, because he was a thief and he had the bag, you know, he didn't really care about the poor, uh, apparently any more than, uh, than these in the northern kingdom did, did at the time. Uh, so they said, he said, uh, uh, they, uh, they drink in wine and bowls and anoint themselves with chief ointments, they're not, they're, but they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. But they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. A couple things in, the, in that idea here. Uh, Joseph, of course, was divided into two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And uh, Joseph and Ephraim sometimes re uh, represent the whole kingdom uh, of the northern kingdom. And, uh, uh, and so uh, they were not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. So they weren't grieved for their nation. Uh, here they are taking advantage of the poor, and they're not grieved for the nation as a, the nation as a whole is hurting. Uh, they're, in, they're, they're, they're going to be, well, I mean, they're, they're materially blessed now, but they're hurting in the fact that God is saying you're going to be judged, okay? Your time is running out. And so they're not, they're not grieved for the, for the truth that is not going forth uh, in, in, in Israel at this time. Uh, and uh, the other idea is, is the idea of Joseph himself and his brethren. We talked about how these rich, they, they had no empathy for the poor. You know, they would take, the, the Bible says they, in, the, in Amos, they painted after the dust on the head of the poor. In other words, they, they, wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be happy until the, the poor were broken and just didn't, had nothing left but dust and ashes, you know. And so uh, uh, they had no empathy for the poor. And we have to remember the story of Joseph and the lack of empathy with his brothers. Amen. Uh, remember what they did to Joseph? Uh, Genesis 37, 23. They came to his brethren and his dad sent them there. They were out feeding the flock. They were jealous because dad liked him more than the others. Shame on him. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so uh, they planned to kill Joseph uh, when, they, when he got to them. His dad sent to, sent Joseph out into the field to see how his brothers were doing. Uh, and uh, the Bible says it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped of Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. Did you get that? They just threw their brother in a pit. He's likely sinking down in the mud and the muck. There's no water in it. Uh, they threw him in a pit, and they sat down to eat bread. Oh, I'm a little hungry after that. You know, anybody got a you know, sandwich for me? You know? oh, my goodness. Uh, and they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead 
and their camels bearing spice free balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he's our brother <laughs> and our flesh. And his, and his brethren were content. And there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. <laughs> that was so merciful of Judah, wasn't it? Oh, let's not let's leave him in a pit. He's our brother. Let's sell him as a slave into Egypt. You know, and that was the merciful thing to do, right? My goodness. They, no empathy. And by the way, later on, they're going to face that one they threw in the pit, aren't they? And who does, that, who, who does God end up bringing to repentance to make sure that the whole gang of them ever repented? Ju Judah. The one who planned it all ends up being the one who would offer his sons uh, if, if they just, you know, give Benjamin back. Uh, another, another, another sermon, but, but uh, so they, they go to face Joseph now in, uh, in, uh, in Egypt. He's been uh, long gone, and they've, uh, uh, and, and the, the famine has come, and, uh, and they're standing before, jo before Joseph in Egypt, not knowing it's him, and uh, they begin talking to each other, and uh, they don't know that Joseph is their brother, they, so because so Joseph spoke to them in Egyptian, and so now they're talking in Hebrew to one another, and uh, and so they're 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 talking uh, back and back and forth there, and they said one to another, "We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, uh, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress, distress come upon us." In other words, Joseph was probably screaming and pleading don't leave me here don't leave me don't don't do this to me why why he was probably pleading for help and they said oh let's sit down and have some lunch let's have a sandwich they total empathy against one who as far as they know they, they don't know he might die there he might die when you take away into egypt and they could and they, and they showed no concern whatsoever that's the way that israel is behaving now the rulers with the poor wasn't it no empathy uh, no empathy. Just, uh, just use them, tread them down, and uh, what, a, what a sad, sad thing. And so God says, verse 7, Therefore now shall they go, in, go, go captive with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves uh, 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 shall be removed. And so uh, there, th that verse kind of indicates that maybe the previous reference was to the rulers because he talks about rather than the two, two nations because he talks about the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed either way that also has a has a, has a has a double meaning because he says therefore now shall they go captive with the first that go captive who went captive first between israel and judah israel did uh they were going to be taken away captive and uh uh and so, so, that, so that's a prophecy to that. And by the way, when they took the individual nations captive, which people among the captives went first? The rulers and the rich. So either way, if it's talking about the nations, Israel went into captivity first. If it's talking about the rich and, ru and ruling wealthy uh, of, of, of the individual nation, they went into captivity first among the nation from that. So either way, if it, it, it fits both, it fits both both ways there. The Syrians would gather the skilled and the elite and, and remove them from their homeland, placing them as 
uh, as a minority among a larger Syrian population, uh, thus uh, diminishing the, the chance of an, up, of, of an upheaving or an uprisal that might be caused by some of these people with these, with these leadership talents and abilities and such. So they would carry them away closer to Syria. You, know, you ever hear say to keep your enemies close by you? you know? And uh, they'd bring them right close to home. And lots of Syrians around them. So Syrians around them. So, so, so they're, they got an eye on them. And so they, so they would do that. Uh, and uh, uh, he goes on here, verse 8. He says, The Lord God has sworn by himself, saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. That must have been hard for them to hear. Because what were they banking on? We're the favored ones. We're God's chosen people. But God had told them what? Yeah, you only have I known. But because you have known and because I have chosen you, I am going to punish you. To whom much is given, what? Much shall be required. So, so be, yes, because you're, you're in a favorite position doesn't mean that it's all going to, everything's going to be you know, roses and sunshine for you. It means you need to obey all the more because God is a just God and he will punish and, and he's going to chasten them uh, with, the, with the Assyrian uh, captivity. Uh, he swears, uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, I have sworn by myself, saith Lord of God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob. I hate his palaces. Therefore, I deliver up the city with all that is therein. I'm going to deliver you up. Wow. And what God swears by himself, you know, uh, in, order, in order to encourage Abraham, when he told Abraham, uh, Ab Bible says, Abraham believed God. And he, and he, God, counted it to him, Abraham, for righteousness. And, uh, and uh, God had sworn uh, that he would keep that promised Abraham by himself. And uh, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 6, 17, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. God never lies. He doesn't have to swear about anything. But that's the way men work. Men sometimes lie, and men think it's men think it's a, it's it's a it's a more sure thing if you make an oath, and so God, you know, just to do what men view as sure, swore by himself, and so he doubled it up. God never lies anyway, and then God swore by the only one who never never lies himself, uh, and, and so he just kind of doubled it up there uh, to make sure, hey. It, you know, your salvation is going to happen. Your salvation, uh, salvation in, in regards to the, you know, to the swearing to Abraham, your salvation is going to be by faith. Because you believe you're counted righteous. That's how I'm going to save people. They're going to believe in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to count them righteous. Jesus Christ was the seed uh, that was spoken of, that, that God would bless, that would come from Abraham. And so anybody that believes in him, I swear by myself, they'll be counted righteous. What a sobering thought with the knowledge that we have now, thinking that God has sworn the same way to them, you're going to be judged. <laughs> That's coming. That's coming. And so uh, it is coming. And uh, uh, in verse 9, it shall come to pass, um, it, it shall come to pass if there remain ten men in one house, that they shall, that, 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 that they shall die. So when it comes, you can, you can think you're going to gather ten men into a house and make a nice stronghold you know, and and hold the fort. Guess what? I gather, gather, gather ten men in the house, and they'll all die. They'll still be overtaken. Though you have that much power, that much force inside one house, that's not going to save you. 
Why? Because God is what? The Lord of hosts. He can conquer you with two, or if he can conquer with, with you with two billion, <laughs> however he, clear, he, he wants to do it. And so he assures them, no matter what defense you put up, uh, it's not going to stop my judgment. Uh, it, is, it is indeed going to come. Uh, verse 10, And the man's uncle shall take him up, and he that burneth him, those that gather the bodies uh, to be burned, uh, and a man's uncle shall take him up, and he that burneth him to bring out the bones out of the house, and shall say unto him, that is by the sides of the house, is there any with thee? And he shall say, no. Uh, then shall he say, hold thy tongue, for we may not mention the name of the Lord. That is an amazing, amazing thought. Think about that. They had sought other gods. When God called them out through Moses out of Egypt, he said this to him in Exodus 22:13, And in all things that I have said unto you, be ye circumspect. Consider everything that I've said. Hide it in your heart. Follow it. Obey it. All things that I've said unto you, be circumspect. And make no mention of the name of other gods. That's what he told them, bringing them out. You let it be heard out of thy mouth. Wow. And what did they do? They not only made mention of them, they sought them. They brought them into their country and built temples unto them. And now God is going to punish them by them, by their enemies. The enemies are going to conquer them. They were commanded not to mention the name of other gods. Now God is going to conquer them with enemies, and they will not be allowed by their enemies to mention the name of the Lord. Wow. That, that, that's pretty hard, isn't it? You didn't want me? The people that I conquer you are, are not even going to allow you to mention the name of the Lord. See that? And uh, what, what, an amazing, what, an, what, an, what an amazing thing. Shall horses run on the rock? Will one plow with oxen? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, verse 11. For behold, the Lord commandeth, and he will smite the great house that breaches it, and the little house with clefts. Doesn't matter what size house you live in, great or small, he's going to conquer. In verse 12, we'll stop here tonight. Shall horses run upon the rock? Will one plow there with oxen? For you have turned judgment into gall, and the fruit of righteousness into hemlock. Do you know anything about, horseback, about horses? Uh, you don't run horses on the rocks. <laughs> horses' hoofs and and, uh, and, uh, and rocks don't mix, okay? Uh, and uh, uh, a horse will slip uh, on, on the rocks. And if you are riding a horse on the rocks, and you're like, that horse is likely to be on top of you. Uh, and I remember working as a trail guide in a riding stable uh, when I was a teenager, and we were out checking the trails. And our job was to check the trails to make sure they were safe enough to gallop on in our galloping places unless they were too wet. And of course, you know, we are all expert riders, you know, and we, so, so what are we doing as we're going out to check the wet trails? We're running them, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're galloping the horses, you know, and so uh, I'm on mine, and I, go to, and I go to Turner, and out went her feet from under her, and, uh, and uh, when she did that, when she went down, my foot slipped down through the stirrup, and so my foot was caught in the stirrup, so as I'm falling, I came out, the, the stirrup caught me, pulled me, my leg back to the horse, horse came down to my leg, uh, on, on my ankle. 
and I was a month in bed. My ankle swelled up like that, didn't break it or anything, thankfully, uh, but I was able to get back up, and uh, how foolish. And, uh, and I'll tell you, uh, a horse can't run on the rocks any better than he can in the slippery mud, okay? And uh, you're going to regret it uh, if you try to run a horse, uh, run a horse uh, uh, on the rocks. Uh, can you plow on a rock? Can you? No. What happens if you hit it, especially in the plows they use, what happens if you hit a rock with a plow? It stops. I mean, it's, your forward progress has ended, okay? If you, if you hit a rock with a plow, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, uh, and uh, he says, he says uh, for he had turned judgment into gall, uh, bitterness, and the fruit of righteousness into hemlock. And hemlock was an herb that had, had poisonous uh, 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 issues in, in the roots and stuff, and they would use it uh, as a death penalty for criminals and such. And so actually the, 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 the Hebrew word is the same for hemlock and gall there. Uh, but I was looking in the, uh, in, in the uh, uh, what is that, the, the English Dictionary for KJV. I forget the year it is. Anyway, you guys know which one, which one I'm talking about. Yeah, Webster's. Uh, and, uh, and so I was looking, at the, and, it look, and I looked at the hemlock there. It talked about the, the, the plants that, that have that, had the poison. It was used to, for the death penalty for, for prisoners. So, 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 so they're doing this. They're, they're turning the, the right of God that was given them into, into bitterness. They're doing their own thing, and God and God is 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 going to judge them. Uh, that uh, that that juice of the hemlock, uh, and it was it was the fatal poison which uh, uh, which Socrates was was uh, was condemned uh, to drink, and uh, uh, and so he says, uh, because you've done all this, he's going to bring judgment uh, into play. There, it's an awesome thing to know that we serve a God who's absolutely in control, amen? But, but we know that this is the day of grace, isn't it? This, we have a wonderful day to live in when anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord can and will be saved if they turn in their heart from their sin to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him to be their Savior. And so we need to get that message out because what? There'll come a time also uh, when that opportunity won't be available. And uh, so we need to avail ourselves of that. And uh, others, as they hear the gospel, <laughs> need to avail themselves of that. Amen. And, uh, and know that, God's, uh, that God will hear and that God, that God will save. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And, and God, it's, it's an awesome thing to, to read this book and to know that much of what we read when it was written, especially among these prophets, hadn't happened yet. And so we are amazed at you. Uh, we are given that confirmation that this is indeed your word. You are the God that declares the end from the beginning. Father, we see that time and again in your word. We, we, have, uh, we, have every, we, we, we are to have faith, but we don't have to have blind faith. You've given us every reason to believe uh, in the word that you've given us, in your spirit, in what your son has done for us in dying and rising again. And, and I pray that you'd increase our faith and Father, uh, I pray that you'd help us as believers to pray for our land because by every measure, we understand that our land and, uh, is, is worthy of judgment. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us as believers to be praying for our land, praying for our hearts and souls to be right with you. Uh, God, that we may obtain mercies and, and perhaps uh, be able to, to witness, be able to, uh, to know those mercies uh, though, we, though we don't deserve them now, but perhaps we would know them even a little longer because 
of your mercy is so great. And God, we thank you and praise you for that. And, and I thank you for these here today and, and those here with us online. And, and Father, I just pray that you take us home safely. And uh, should you tarry, God, help us to be witnesses for you this week in whatever way that you would allow and bring us, bring us back together to your house. And it would be a wonderful thing, uh, Lord, if we're walking with you, if we're among those uh, who are steadfast, who are faithful, who are standing, uh, dear God, uh, when you come and, and when you appear. And, uh, Lord, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord Charlie, would you come and close us tonight? Thank <laughs> you.